1: Gifts of the Holy Spirit? Oh, yeah, we all know those. But what about the fruits of the Holy Spirit? Let's talk about that next, shall we? The Gifts of the Holy Spirit Now, that's a subject that we could spend days about. But the fruits of the Holy Spirit, something different altogether. Paul deals with them here in the book of Galatians, and today we'll deal with them here on Times of Refreshing with our teacher and pastor, Napoleon Kaufman, from The Well, a Christian community here in Livermore, California. We're continuing our series on the person and work of the Holy Spirit today, and we focus on the fruits of the Holy Spirit. Again, you'll find the list here in the book of Galatians, and you'll find our teacher and pastor standing by for today's broadcast. Here's Pastor Napoleon Kaufman now with today's
2: program. John chapter 15. John chapter 15. And I want to continue talking, like, I want to continue to talk about the Holy Spirit. And uh, we've been having a blast. I think God has really just been meeting us here. We want to make sure that we cultivate a relationship with the Spirit of God, that we get to know Him. He, He is not an it or thing. He is a person. He thinks, he talks, he speaks, he whispers, he nudges, he corrects, he rebukes, he he encourages, he comforts us. And we want to get to know him. But most importantly, the thing that he does is he gives us the revelation of who Jesus Christ is. He's been sent into the world to help us to understand who Jesus is. And so there's no way we can understand who Jesus is without the influence of the Holy Spirit. And so as we get to know him, as he begins to, as we begin to yield to him, he starts to reveal Jesus not only to us, but in us. And this is what we want. And this morning, I want to talk to you all about the fruit of the Holy Spirit. The fruit of the Holy Spirit. God has called you and I to be fruitful in every area and aspect of our lives. And when I talk about fruit, I'm not just talking about what God does through us. God is going to do things through us. And we're going to see God manifest his glory through us. But most importantly, it's about what God is doing in us. So when we're talking about fruit, we're not just talking about what he's manifesting from an external standpoint through our lives. It's what he's manifesting in us by his influence. And the Holy Spirit, he's there to help this process. And we're going to see here, he helps to bring forth the manifestation. John chapter 15, we're going to look at verses 1 on down to 8. And then we're going to look at verses 12 on down to 17 and draw from these passages. Look at this. It says, I am the true vine. My father is the vine dresser. Every branch in me that does not bear fruit, he takes away. For without me, you can do nothing. If anyone does not abide in me, he is cast out as a branch and is withered. And they gather them and throw them into the fire and they are burned. If you abide in me and my words abide in you, you will ask what you desire and it will be done for you. Now, this is the verse. By this, my father is glorified that you bear much fruit. So you will be my disciples. And so we see very clearly here in the mind of Jesus as he's communicating to these people that the goal is for them to be fruitful. Not only what God is doing through them, but in them, that they they begin to bear fruit, begin to manifest the realities of their connection to the vine. And for every single one of us, this is what God is looking for. He wants himself to be revealed in and through you. And that should be our desire, Lord, through my connection with you, make me more like you. Cause the manifestation of your person to be revealed in and through my life. And when we do this, it glorifies God. And so ultimately, this should be our aim, that we're living such lives that, that cause people to wonder in amazement at who God is in our lives that we're bearing fruit, and in this, our Father is glorified. I pray and my prayer is for every single one of us to be fruitful, that we're fruitful. When people see our lives, when they see who we are, they see the connection, they see that it, it was only God who could change our hearts from the inside out and do what he's done, and then they turn around and say, how did this happen? And we can point to the Master and say that we are his workmanship. And I think for us, it's important that we realize you being fruitful is not just about you and your benefit. It's about God and him being glorified. Do you and I live for his glory? We have to ask ourselves, am I doing what I'm doing on my job for the glory of God? Am I raising my kids for the glory of God? Am I being faithful in my marriage for the glory of God? Am I being faithful in the community for the glory of God. Am I being faithful in my church for the glory of God? I want to be fruitful for the glory of God. When we start living like this and stop living selfishly, what happens is it, t- it causes God to want to put us on display a little bit more. And for all of us here, we have to think about this. He says, by this, verse a by this, my father is glorified that you bear much fruit. He says, so you will be my disciples and a sign of discipleship is fruitfulness. This is one of the things that then we can cite as 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 someone who's really being a disciple is, is they're fruitful. God is doing something through them, but God is doing something in them and he's manifesting his glory. And ultimately he gets the glory. We have to stop, saints, and constantly remind ourselves. Am I living for the glory of God? Or am I just living for my own selfish and worldly pursuits? Am I really living for the glory of God? And, and I think we have to stop and ask ourselves, but this is what Jesus is looking for. He talks about fruit many times in this, these verses, these eight verses. Fruitful, 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 bear fruit, bear fruit. He's trying to get us to understand that Christianity is not just a belief system. It's a way of life. It's a lifestyle, and it's revealed through fruit. Go down to verse. Let's look down here at verses uh, 12 on down to 17. Jesus talks to them about loving him and the Father loving them, and in verse 12, it says here, it says, This is my commandment, that you love one another as I have loved you. Greater love has no one than this, than to lay down one's life for his friends. You are my friends if you do whatever I command you. (laughs) Look at verse 15. He says, no longer do I call you servants, for a servant does not know what his master is doing, but I have called you friends. For all things that I have heard from my father, I have made known to you. Now, this is the verse that I wanted to get to. This is awesome he says you did not choose me but i chose you and appointed you that you should go and bear what (laughs) and that your fruit should remain that whatever you ask the father in my name he may give you he says these things i command you he says that you love one another And so, once again, we see in verse 16, Jesus reiterating the point. He says, by this, uh, excuse me, he says here, he says, number one, I like this, that you didn't choose God. Whether you realize it or not, you didn't come to God. God came to you. And then you and I just responded to the invitation. And God goes to great lengths because, for whatever reason, and I, and it, 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 always, it always baffles me why God would even choose me. Have you ever sat back and thought about your life? How toe-up, messed up, bad decisions, stuff that you and I don't even want to talk about. But yet and still, God sent somebody... Many people, in some cases, to go try to hunt you down. You was in the, you was in the club and people was witnessing to you in there. People, God sent people to the grocery store. you just trying to buy some oatmeal and somebody pull up on you. Hey, do you know Jesus? Can I have an amen? you on the side of the road. Your car broke down and you trying to figure out. and Somebody pull over and say, I'm doing this. I'm trying to help you because Jesus, Jesus told me to stop and talk to you. Have you ever had some strange stuff happen to you when you was running from God and you was, am I the only one in this room? And you know, you say, man, oh my goodness, God, how he sent that person too." and I can remember people just meeting me on the street and just telling me, you're going to be saved one day, young man. I know you bad now, but God going to get a hold of you. And a lot of times it's funny because it, it, even though it, the, uh, the older women sometimes, you know, you find them. Just, oh, you know, you walk up on an old lady. How you doing, ma'am? I'm doing good. But how you doing? <laughs> you need Jesus. I'm telling you, uh, saints, what happens? God goes to great lengths to get you. And I think there's a level of appreciation we need to have towards God. Just the fact that he would stop and send somebody. Can we just praise him for sending somebody to minister to us? <laughs> saving your grandma, saving your grandfather, saving your cousin, saving. And the next thing you know, they ministering to you. We responded to God's calling. And we have to keep, in this, keep this in mind. But he says not only that, he says, but he not only chose, but he appointed us to go forth and bear fruit. And so he's purposeful about his choosing and his choices. And in that, he also knows that he's appointed, he's established, he's ordained. And this is what your destiny involves. It involves you and I bearing fruit for God. Not only what God is doing through us, but what he's doing in us that god this is what we were saved for this is what should happen to us when we and jesus appointed it it's it's my purpose it's my destiny it's our calling it's god's establishment he has established it that we go forth and we become fruitful in our lives if we're fruitless we have to stop and ask ourselves about our connection if the connection is right, the life source is going to flow to us and the, and the, and the recourse is we're going to have fruit abounding to our account in all areas of our life. We have to stop and say, wait a minute, I've I'm, I'm been ordained to bear fruit. I have been appointed to bear fruit. And as I bear fruit, God begins to answer my prayers and things begin to shift. Things begin to shake. Things begin to happen. God begins to move. He clears things out because he wants me to be fruitful in my life. So we have to ask ourselves, am I, fruit? am I fruitful? Am I, am I fruitful in my thinking? Am I fruitful with my emotions? Are my, are my emotions, am I fruitful in my emotions? Am I fruitful from a physical standpoint? Am I fruitful in all areas of my life? Or am I just going to church, singing the song, leaving, wasting my time? Saints, it's about being fruitful. Amen? This is what we want. I want to read this verse one more time. Verse 16, you did not choose me, but I chose you and appointed you that you should go and bear fruit and that your fruit should remain that whatever you ask the Father in my name, he may give to you. These things I command you, that you love one another. Now, one of the things that's interesting about our relationship with God is that God will tell us to do something. And really what he's doing is he's, he's telling us, he's telling us, and I like this, that what I'm asking you to do is possible In and through you, if you learn to yield to me. This is what I'm saying. The Bible says, I can do all things through who? Christ that what? Strengthens me. And so God will use my willingness to help to position myself so that his power can flow through me and the manifestation of the Spirit of God can flow through me. So He can get what he's really looking for out of my life. I I like to say that what God is looking for, two things. He's looking for a yielded heart. He's looking for agreement. He's looking for agreement. He's looking for us to agree with him to do what only he can do in our lives. And it takes us to stop back and yield to the process. Everything that you need in terms of God bearing fruit in and through you is right there readily available. The issue is, well, I come out of agreement with the old Napoleon Kaufman and come into agreement with Christ, who is now the source of my life. Let me explain it just a little different way. Go to Galatians chapter 5, and we're going to see this. Galatians chapter 5, verse 22 on down to 26. In Galatians chapter 5, verses 16 on down to 21, Apostle Paul talks to the church And he begins to talk to them about the flesh. And what he's really highlighting is our old edemic nature. He's talking to them about walking in the spirit so we do not fulfill the lust of our flesh, the old edemic nature. And so as he's doing this, he gets down and he makes the distinction between that which your flesh produces and then that which the Holy Spirit begins to produce in our lives as we yield to his abiding influence. And he says in verse 22, he says, but the fruit, Galatians 5 verse 22, he says, but the fruit of the Spirit. So the manifestation, the fruit or manifestation of the Spirit of God in our life is love, joy, peace, long-suffering, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. And then he says this, against such there is no law. And those who are Christ have crucified the flesh with its passions and desires. If we live in the Spirit, let us also walk in the Spirit. Let us not become conceited, provoking one another. He says, envying one another. And so now he's saying when the Holy Spirit comes into our life, there's, there's fruit, that which God is doing in us, that begins to manifest itself. As we learn to come into agreement with the spirit of God, and as we learn to yield to the spirit of God, he produces this. It's not you. And this is the big thing. If I want to grow in love, I, 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 I this the goal isn't for me to make myself love more. The goal is for me to yield to the Holy Spirit, who's going to impart his love in and through me so that now his love is a pure love flowing through my heart. He says the fruit or the manifestation of the Spirit of God in our life, he says number one, is love. God wants to, through us and through the power of the Spirit of God dwelling in us, he wants us to receive this love and allow it to begin to flow through our lives as a manifestation of the Spirit of God. And ultimately, this is going to bring glory to God. When people see the love that you have for people and for God, it becomes attracted to them because most people know you or they, or especially the people that knew you in the past, they know only God could have done this in this person's life. And this word here, agape, is a very familiar word in the Greek. It is love. It is affectionate regard. It is goodwill. This word here means benevolence. Now watch the saints with reference to God's love. It is God's willful direction towards man. It involves God doing what he knows is best for man and not necessarily what man desires. And I say this all the time, been saying it for years. Love does not give you what you want. It gives you what you need. And true benevolence, true goodwill, true this. This is what begins to begins to flow through our life through the power of the Holy Spirit. It is a fruit or a manifestation of the Spirit of God in our life, is that God teaches us to love. And it teaches us to love, and to love in such a way that we will not be manipulated, that we will not be coerced to go in directions based on just an emotional pull. It teaches us to say no to people when we need to say no and to say yes to people when we need to say less. This kind of love is a pure love, is a balanced love, and it's not solely based on emotion. It is a decision. Greater love have no man than this, than a man laid down his life for his friends. Jesus died because he knew what we needed. None of us would have wanted him to die. Most of the people said, why did he die? He's supposed to be bringing in the kingdom. But Jesus saw the greater need in humanity's lives. And says, you guys want the kingdom. And you guys are going to get the kingdom next. But what you really need is deliverance. You need deliverance from sin. You need deliverance from the devil. And you need deliverance from the world. So I'm getting ready to die to give you access to a relationship with the father. And all they could think about is their present need. And if we really love people, we're not just concerned about their present need. We're partnering with God through the love that the Holy Spirit supplies through it through us to give people not necessarily what they want, but what they would need. And sometimes that mean that may mean that you have to say the tough thing to a person that they don't want to hear, but is necessary for them to hear. Sometimes you're going to have to, 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 to say the softer thing that you don't want to say. You want to rebuke them, but God says, no, don't do that. Just wrap your hands around them and, and give them a hug and tell them they're going to make it. So what I'm saying is, is this love is pure. And the Holy Spirit, he brings this to us. We have to learn to yield to that. But the only way we can truly see it is if we come out of agreement with the old us. And we say, Lord, through the power of your spirit, perfect love in and through me, your love in and through me. Amen. This is the fruit of the spirit of God in your life. It's a manifestation. And in that, God is glorified. He says not only love, he says, but joy. And I think this is also really big when it comes to our walk with Christ. And I've talked about this often because as Christians, we should be the most joyful people on the planet. Can I have an amen? The word, the word joy here in the Greek, it means to rejoice. It means simply joy, but it also means gladness. And this joy, rejoicing, gladness is not circumstantial. It's not circumstantial. It's different than happiness. Joy is not circumstantial. We rejoice. We have joy. And our hearts are filled with gladness. Regardless of the circumstances. Because our circumstances. Doesn't matter. Our circumstances. Regardless of what they are. Never can take God off of that throne. And as long as God is on that throne. We gonna be alright. Can I have an amen? We're going to be all right. Whether in life or in death, we're going to be all right. Because he's on the throne. And I think this is something that we have to learn to do. And I'm not saying that, that, you know, that you fake it or anything like that. But what I am saying is, is that don't you let the devil steal your joy. The Holy Spirit comes to impart joy to you. He comes to give you joy. He comes to make you glad. He comes to teach us how to rejoice. He comes to keep a smile on our face, regardless of the circumstances. And life can be tough. Life is tough. And it's rough out there. And it's dangerous. And the devil is busy. And temptation is rampant. But at the heart of it all, we still have joy unspeakable and full of glory. And we're always abounding in the joy of the Lord. And we have to learn. To put a smile on our face and say, God, I thank you that I, through it all, I still got my joy, that you're still good in my life, and, and through it all, he gives us the ability to see we have a favorable, confident expectation, and you can have something terrible happen to you, and at the same time, still give God glory.
1: Thank you for joining us for Times of Refreshing with Pastor Napoleon Kaufman.